Well, good morning everyone. It's uh, great to have you online for Harmony at Home today. You know, a lot of the uh, pastors have been uh, down with COVID-19 over the last week or two, and so it's fallen upon me, who is still COVID-free, to uh, to speak today. And it's an honour to uh, to speak to you today. You know, we're in the middle of our series uh, following off Vision Sunday a couple of weeks ago, where we launched our, our new vision statement. Of course, you all know what that is: transforming the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. And then we looked at our three new values, um, presence, passion, purpose. And at the moment, um, seeing as though we're online, we're sort of just hanging in the space of talking about uh, passion. And we had an amazing message from Josiah last Sunday, uh, really highlighting intimacy um, and, and how we connect with God. Uh, that way and how he connects with us. And then the week before we had um, Gideon speaking, but there was an amazing testimony there from Richard, uh, which I uh, really loved as well. So today we're going to talk about passion uh, a little bit more. And uh, when I was thinking about this earlier in the week, when I was asked to uh, speak this Sunday, I, uh, I had a thought come into my mind and it was about a um, story from the Old Testament and it's one that I'd heard back in youth group days but maybe you've heard this in youth group days as well maybe this story will be new to you but it's about the fiery furnace with um, three guys Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego of course there's always that joke isn't it I've got to say that joke everybody knows it's Shadrach, Meshach and Rufrak no it's not it's Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego so these were three young men who were faced with a difficult decision, uh, either to disobey God and live or obey God and die. So this is out of the book of Daniel. Uh, actually, Daniel chapter 1 uh, is where we, we pick up the story. I'll give you a little bit of background, though, uh, because it was back in 605 BC that King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon attacked and conquered Judah. And following his victory, Nebuchadnezzar ordered that the best and brightest young men of Judah be deported to Babylon. His plan was to train these men for three years and give some of them positions in the royal court. And uh, so Shad, Rack, and Benny, uh, they were among this group. And three years of training in Babylon was really an attempt to brainwash uh, the Jewish captives. Nebuchadnezzar wanted Shad, Rack, and Benny, and others to become indoctrinated in Babylonian uh, culture. Um, that at the end of their training, they would act and think like Babylonians. Even the names of these young men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were not their original names. They had their names changed by Nebuchadnezzar's uh, government. Their original names were honouring to God, but these new names uh, were actually um, honouring the gods of the Babylonians. So their original names were Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah, but their names were changed. But you know what? Even though their names were changed, their hearts could not be changed. Even though their names were changed, no one could change the passion that they had for their God. King Nebuchadnezzar, he made an image of gold. 
and uh, it was 90 feet high and nine feet wide and set up on the plain of Jura. The herald loudly proclaimed, this is what you were commanded to do. O peoples, nations, and men of every language, as soon as you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the pipes, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. So the music sounded, and everyone bowed down as they've been told to. But these three young men stayed standing tall. So Nebuchadnezzar, he hears of this and he goes and he speaks to them. And uh, this is in Daniel 3.15 where he confronts them and he says, when you hear the music, you need to bow down. And he actually says, it's interesting at the end, then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? So their faith was going to be tested. A faith that is tested by fire is a faith that can be trusted. It's like refining gold. When pure gold is made, it's put into a fire. The furnace is so hot that the imperfections, the dirt uh, that's on that original piece of gold, it's all melted away, it's all obliterated in the fire, and when it comes out, we've got pure gold. Now, Peter, of course, from the New Testament, uh, Peter was in 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 12, likely writing just before Rome was either um, burnt just before or after Rome was burnt. And he says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you. And earlier in 1 Peter 1, 6-7 he says, Now for a little while you have had to suffer grief of all kinds. These have come so your faith of greater worth than gold may be proved genuine. So isn't that amazing? Our faith is worth more than gold, even the purified gold through the fires. So here's a question for you. Can your faith handle the fire? Do you have the passion to carry you through? Could your faith handle the trial of an unanswered prayer? Could your faith handle the trial of personal loss? And we heard that powerful testimony that I was mentioning from Richard two weeks ago, how he lost everything, but he found one thing that totally changed his life. He found Jesus. Shad, Rack and Benny were people just like you and me. They were young men who had hopes and dreams of the future. They wanted to live. They didn't want to die but they were faced with a difficult choice. Bow down to an image or be burned alive. What would you do? If I was in their place, I might try to rationalize. Hmm, I'll bow down just this once, but I won't worship the God and they won't know. Or I'll worship this one time and then I'll ask for forgiveness. Or, hey, well, everyone else is doing it, so I might do it. You know, those kind of thoughts. Uh, easy, they, they might come into my mind in that situation. All of it sounds sensible, but it would violate God's commandment, of course, from Exodus 20 verse 3. You shall have no other gods before me. We know what sin is. We know what is right and what is wrong. The problem is, when we rationalize, we can rationalize again. And when we rationalize twice, we can rationalize three times. 
And when we rationalize three times, we can keep doing it and we're living a life of compromise before we know it. So what do we do when our faith is tested by fire? I've got three points for you this morning. So first one to jot down, when our faith is tested by fire, we can obey God's commands instead of man's expectations. So Nebuchadnezzar had given Shad, Rack and Benny important positions in his kingdom. He'd even given them a second chance to escape the blazing purpose. But pleasing Nebuchadnezzar meant displeasing God. They were determined to obey God and not man. Just this week, my wife, Erin, and I, we were down at the uh, bank talking to the bank manager because we want to maybe get a bigger home and uh, expand a little bit. And so we were sitting down with the bank manager to see, can we get some more money for our mortgage for this next step in our, um, in our lives? And she went through all the different line items. Now you're spending this much on petrol. You're spending this much on groceries. You're spending this much on whatever, whatever. And we got down to a line and, and she really highlighted this. This amount of money here that's going out, what's this? And of course, that was our tithing. And she said, if you stop that tithing, we could probably help you because that's a lot of money. But as long as that money's going out, that's going to affect our ability to lend you more money. And for us, you know, uh, for me at least, in my flesh, I was like, yeah, that's a lot of money. And I agree with that. That would be really helpful to have that money in my account and for me to spend it on other things. But then, of course, I turned to my thoughts of the last 26 years. God has never let us down. And that's God's money. That portion belongs to God and we, we, uh, we give freely and we give generously and gratefully and we thank God for everything that he's given us and he's always supplied our needs. Even when I didn't think it was possible, how am I going to pay this bill? Something happens and I can do it. How am I going to uh, get this thing that we really need for our family? Hey, God provides a way. Uh, so, unfortunately, we didn't get our uh, mortgage uh, approved, but uh, we believe God will make a way. So, have you resolved to obey God first and not people? Point two, believe God. Don't just believe in God. Daniel 3.18, but even if he does not save us, talking about God, if he does not save us from the fire, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of God you have set up. Shad, Rack, and Benny said, the God we serve, in verse 17. The Lord was not the God they only heard about or read about. It wasn't just the God of their parents. Their passion was not just a passion of words or thoughts or feelings. It was faith in action. It was their lifestyle. How strong is your confidence in God? We need to be people who are passionate for God, who are of faith, who are confident, no matter what, God will be with us. I think about the passing away of my dear father and my wife's father. They died within a year of each other, both men who knew God, but were far too young to die. Even this week with the sudden death of Shane Warne, 
one of the greatest cricketers to play the game, and of course me being a cricket fan, I was shaken by this, you know, it was a shock to me. And uh, as I was reflecting on it over the week, I actually felt the same way I did when Steve Irwin died. It was just the unfairness of the whole situation. He was such a passionate person, um, Steve Irwin, uh, a father of young children, and like Shane Warne and like uh, my dad and Aaron's dad, they just loved life, had a zeal for life. They loved their kids so much. And in these times when people pass away, we can start to think about our life and how unfair uh, that thing that happened was. And uh, if you're like me, you can get carried away and sometimes fall into despair in our thoughts and then worry. And then that actually turns into fear sometimes. But then I realize, hold on, I know who my God is. I have a purpose for living. I don't have an answer for every situation to what's happening right now, but I know there's a spiritual battle on. I know why there's death in this world. I know why there's disease in this world. My Bible tells me this. But I also know someone that overcame those things. I know someone that overcame death, that overcame sin. And that person's living in me. And I know what the end of the story is. And I don't like the things that are happening right now. But I know I can pray against these things. I know I can stand against these things. I know that I've got living hope inside of me. And I'm destined to reign in this life and in the era to come. I have confidence in my God. Do you have confidence in God? Point three, our passion needs to be a desire for holiness more than happiness. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. Ralph Barton, he was a famous cartoonist in years gone by, and he pinned a note to his pillow before taking his own life. And it said, I've had few difficulties, many friends, great successes. I've gone from wife to wife, from house to house, visited great countries of the world, but I'm fed up with inventing devices to fill 24 hours of the day. St. Augustine said, our hearts are restless until they find rest in you, O Lord. See, true, true permanent fulfillment and satisfaction isn't found in things, isn't found in happiness, but we can find it in Jesus Christ. Isn't it easy to turn to a whole heap of other things in this world and not to God when we've got tough times, when we're going through the fire? Isn't it easy to turn to other things and then God? For me, I like to eat chocolate, I uh, listen to music, I can deal with these things sometimes by falling asleep, but how many know that eating a ton of chocolate, singing a thousand songs and sleeping for a week won't fix a crisis of faith? It won't fill the inside of our soul. Nothing can substitute turning first to God, seeking God's wisdom for our situation, seeking wise counsel and prayer. Let me encourage you today, don't let your sin, don't let your weakness and don't let your hard times separate you from the love of God. Let those things draw you closer to God. And it's like putting on spiritual boxing gloves where we go into the ring and we fight against these things in the spiritual realm and our coach is in the corner, Holy Spirit, cheering us on. You can do this and sometimes we get knocked down. But we get up again. Holy Spirit cleans us off and says, you can do this. I believe in you. And through my life, 
I've never been good enough. But with Christ added, I am always good enough. We are called to be sons and daughters, not slaves. The early church, they turned their world upside down. They reached multitudes without jet aircraft, without computers. They didn't even have the internet, not even a sound system. What spoke loudest was the transforming power of Christ in men and women who left everything to follow him, to become like him, holiness over happiness. So Shad, Rack and Benny, they were thrown into the fire because they wouldn't bow down. King Nebuchadnezzar leapt to his feet in amazement, asking his advisors, weren't there three men tied up and threw into the fire? This is in Daniel 3, 24 and 25. And his advisors replied, certainly, O king, there was three men. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Let me assure you today that during the fiery trials of life, our God is with us. In Daniel 3:27 and 28, it goes on to say they saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, not even a hair on their head was singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Then King Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to God, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 16, 24 to 25, If any of you want to be my follower, you must put aside selfish ambition, shoulder your cross and follow me. If you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Just as we close this morning, let me pray a prayer of commitment with you today. And we'll have it on screen. And I just encourage you to pray along with me if you would like to say this prayer over your life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to be passionate for you. I want my faith to be a faith of actions, not just a faith of words, thoughts or feelings. Today I promise to obey you when my faith is tested by fire. Today I say that I want to follow you no matter what. Thank you for your passionate love for me. Thank you for your presence during the fiery trials of life. Amen.